are listening to the Truth Experience, the podcast that inspires young people to identify truth and encounter God. My name is Alec. Sean is right there. How you Hello. doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. What did you have for breakfast this morning? I had, ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> no, banana smoothie, so it was good. A banana smoothie. Yeah, little vanilla protein. Ooh. Yeah, trying to get off the carbs, but. Oh, you're on the diet. Yeah, always continual diet when you pass a certain age, you know. <laughs> I always I like smoothies better than like real food. I don't. I'm not a big breakfast person. I had an apple this morning. I'm not gonna lie though. I probably had breakfast about 20 minutes ago, and I'm starving right now. So, Are you really? Yeah, I want a donut so bad. Ooh, where do you go to get your donuts? That's a real question. Best donuts place in Las Vegas because like. Okay, this is like controversial, but there's like amazing donut places like the Pink Box, all that stuff, but. Krispy Kreme is still the best oh. donut to me because it's like cakey, which is oh, it's so good. I don't know about Dunkin' Donuts, or I mean, I don't know about Krispy Kreme. I like Dunkin' Donuts. You're so, you're so East Coast. <laughs> I don't drink their coffee, but I like their I like their donuts. Their donuts are pretty good. They're pretty like good. cakey to me. Yeah, they're like more substance. You know. Yeah. You could eat like eight Krispy Kreme donuts. That's and just the like slide. Yeah. I want to so eat good. two Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Donuts. That's really, really good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you are having a good day. Um, here in Las Vegas, we're doing pretty good. The Raiders are doing good. Yes, Finally yes. got a football team. That's awesome. So, and we're like a football city now. I think it feels like everybody's very excited after, you know, we had our first home game, all that stuff. Literally today, I was walking past somebody who's a hardcore Patriots fan. Like hardcore. If you know anything about Patriots fans, you know that they don't support they're anybody annoying. else. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> Uh, as, from an ex-Patriot fan. Yeah. But the dude had a Raiders hat on. It's crazy. And I was like, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I saw it, like, on social media, like, right when the first, like, couple games started happening. Um, Just everybody decked out, you know, like, yeah. people that had never repped them, like, hat, jersey, all that stuff. So. I'm telling you. We need to get, like, a banner in here and bring it up on game day. I'm so down. We need to. We need to do yeah. that. They, as long as it, they got to win, though. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> No, we gotta support them in their losing. Yeah, that's true. That's that's the Christian. You way. can't be a Saints fan anymore. It's uh, over. The Saints are done, yeah, bro. It's that it seems like it. So they're washed. <laughs> it's a slow turn, but for sure. <laughs> oh man. Well, I hope everybody's doing good. Hope you're having a good day. We are gonna be having a um, a fun conversation about something that is means a lot to you and I. Um, we both, uh, I would call us. We strive anyway to be Bereans of the Word. Yeah. And um, we're gonna be talking about how do we know the Bible is true. Um, and I think we've talked about the Bible a couple of times on the podcast already, but you can't talk about the Bible enough. Mm -hmm. I also have noticed, um, there seems to be in the culture of, of Christianity in the United States of America, um, there's, or in, in even past that in Europe or whatever, um, we see a lot of, um, different opinions on theology, right? What, yeah. what used to be. Uh, is no longer or the truths that used to be truth for the church is no longer truth now for certain churches. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, little issues. I'm talking about some bigger issues when it comes to uh, what is sin and repentance and can a Christian be living in sin and all this type of stuff. And for me, we were having a conversation about it. And I was like, I don't really know how you can come to those conclusions because if you read the Bible, mm -hmm. there's no way to come to that conclusion. Yeah. Right. And what I've noticed is bad theology comes from the the first thought of, is this really true or not? Can I trust the entire thing? Is it all literal? And then everything else kind of goes from there. So I think this is a really important topic for the youth of our generation, um, whether you're in college, whether you're in high school, whether 
you're not a youth. I think this is an important conversation to have in our present culture of how do we know the Bible is true? Yeah, 100%. I feel like in our culture, and you probably hear it in school a lot, um, people saying like, oh, that stuff has been changed or yeah. that stuff contradicts itself. That stuff is just like a fairy tale. And some people may hear that and just like accept it, but it's like a total lie that you need to search this out for yourself. A lot of people like to go by feelings and, oh, I feel like God yeah. is this way, you know? Dude, I can't tell you how many kids I hear say that. Yeah. I feel like I hurt. I feel this. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. And that's cool. It's great to feel God, but that's not always the case. Exactly. Or I think God is like this. I think God <laughs> is loving this. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter what you think. You're like, you can't just make up your own God, yeah. you know? What so. is, right? Yeah. And you and I are pr- pretty, um, I don't I don't know how to say this. Like, we're, we're, we're not really into the touchy-feely parts of life. So, you know, like, um, not that we don't have emotions, but, you know, we're a little bit more, like, logical thinking. Yeah. The college, like, break that out of us. <laughs> no feelings in college. No, no. feelings in college. <laughs> um, no sense here. Yeah. No, we just, um, we, we, you and I are pretty logical when it comes to this stuff. And I understand that, that, that God does speak in emotion and God did give us all emotion. That's really important. Right. And, um, he does make us feel certain ways when his presence is there. And that's beautiful. There's nothing yeah. better than feeling God's presence, but I don't know about you, but there's been the majority of my life where I don't feel like God is with me yet. I have to trust that he is. Why do I trust? Because the Bible says so. If I didn't believe the Bible was true, I would have nothing to stand on. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a really important conversation to have. For sure, for sure. We're going to break this down into three different um, kind of subcategories. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about is spiritual evidence for the Bible. And, it, and if you don't know, you know, just want to go over this real quickly. The Bible is a combination of, you may look like one book. It's actually a combination of 66 books mm-hmm. uh, written over a 1,600-year period time period. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also written by 40 different men from all different walks of life. Some were shepherds, some were kings, um, some were kings of different nations, right? We just, we were going through Daniel in our revival meetings and um, Nebuchadnezzar wrote part of the Bible, which is really crazy. Yeah, two different languages just in the same book. In the same in book. Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Three different languages in total. I find is it three? In, in total, right? Oh, because okay. Greek and then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aramaic and Hebrew, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew mostly, then Aramaic, and then the New Testament is written in Greek. Um, obviously, there's a translation from those into English. There's a lot of different translations. We can talk about translations on this podcast, too. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Which ones we think are good, which ones we think are Ooh, that could get sat- satanic. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kidding. fun. <laughs> uh, but we can talk about the different types and, um, you know, what can help people in with that. But, um, but for spiritual evidence, I think you and I wanted to talk about what has the Bible done for us? Mm-hmm. How do we know in our present lives that the Bible is true? And that what have we seen spiritually that proves the Bible's existence and not, not just proves that it's real, but proves that it's God's word. Yeah. And I feel like we want to do this because I think, first of all, the Bible has to be personal to you and help yeah. you in this present time, not just truth, but something that could help you at this time. I know you have stories of that. I have stories of especially growing up in high school and that type of type of thing. Um, I went to a public school, um, Liberty High School. Shout out. But um, <laughs> we won state last year, so take that. You're still following your old high school? We beat Bishop Gorman. I was so happy. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I should have went to the game, even though I'm 26 years old. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but anyways, um, I became a Christian, um, and I felt so alone. You know, I was going to this high school, and I felt like I was 
I didn't feel like I was the only Christian there, you know, yeah. and feeling like teachers making fun of me, um, like friends making fun of me, like all that stuff. It's the worst feeling. Yeah. And it's <laughs> just, it's like twofold reading the Psalms really helped me with, um, just like for whatever reason, David always felt alone, you know, yeah. but just feeling like God is always there, you know? So that was really big for me. And also, um, reading the book of Philippians, I remember I would read the book of Philippians sometimes like twice a week, just one sitting, read all like four chapters. And then just the joy that that brought me, yeah. you know, that here's Paul who's in chains writing this and he's the happiest person on earth. Yeah. So just having that comfort that I literally felt that comfort and really felt like, okay, I'm not the only one. Mm. I'm not the only Christian and God is with me even when I'm going through it, you know? So that was really big for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool that like, um, and this kind of co- coincides with what my spiritual evidence is. It's like God had you read that book at the perfect timing. Yeah. And you can't tell me that it's a coincidence that you out of 66 books, you happened to read Philippians when you were feeling like you had no joy. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't reading like Lamentations and getting more sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, right? Yeah. That's a, and that, that has to do with my, my story. Like, I think you and I can go on for this whole podcast and talk about what, you know, the scripture has meant to us. But I remember specifically... I was praying for my my future wife. She wasn't my wife. She, uh, I mean, we weren't even, we were just friends at the time. And I was just praying to God, is this your will for me or not? Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And if you, um, you know, if you've ever been in that situation, you know what that feels like. Um, is this the one? Is this the one, God, what do you have for me? Because I wanted to do what God wanted for me. I was tired of doing things my way. So I was just reading and praying. I don't think I've ever prayed that much in my life <laughs> because I was, um, you know, that was a big deal to me. Yeah. Um, God, what do you want me to do? Is this your will for me or not? And I remember, I remember reading Jeremiah. And one day I was sitting in a coffee shop. I was reading and I just came across a part of the, of the scripture where it talked about um, it talked about how he places desires in us and then he guides us in those desires. So my mind had always been like, oh, my, all my desires are evil. If I like that girl, it's probably wrong. You know, like, let's just, you know, and that wasn't true. And that, in fact, the Bible says that when we're saved, God actually puts to his desires in our heart yeah. and makes those our desires. So the whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have a desire. And God was speaking to me through this book um, and saying, yeah, I put that desire in you and I'm going to help guide it. Just rely on me. Just be patient. Okay. That was awesome. You know, and that was it. That was a huge moment for me. And also in that book I was reading and that's what, um, the first whispers that God wanted me to be in ministry came from, you know, I'm reading and I'm looking at Jeremiah's life and I, I can't explain to you necessarily how it all comes about. You know, I was reading Jeremiah in my personal time the pastor was going through Jeremiah on Sunday nights at church. Like it was just like, it was all Jeremiah yeah. and Alec, I want you to be in ministry. Alec, uh, you're going to marry Ari, you know, and that's what's speaking to me. And it's not a coincidence. You know, that's, that's the big thing is that God is God that works in what looks like coincidences, but they're not right. And that was, that was big for me. That was a big spiritual evidence in my life that, wow, like, the Bible is what I can rely on at all times for a direction, for correction, for reproof, you know, like that verse in, in Timothy says. So that was a big spiritual evidence for me um, in my life. Yeah, that's big. I mean, just when it's relevant in today, you know, yeah. that it's leading us, just how it led, you know, Paul or just how it led Peter or Moses or anything like that, that the scriptures, God's word is leading us, I think is really big for sure. 
Yeah, and it, I think that's a good word that it's relevant because mm-hmm. because often the argument is it's not it's not good for this time. You know, that was a book written you know thousands of years ago. There's no way that's for us today. But yet the Bible's still speaking to you and me in our context and in our culture, telling us what truth is, and that's an amazing thing. Yeah, to and like. Just a little spoiler. Um, man hasn't changed that much. We yeah. have technology now. We're, we, our world may look a lot different than it to, did two thousand years ago, but what they dealt with back then—feelings, emotions—is still the same we deal with now. So, hundred um, percent. Now we want to go into some more practical evidences. Yes. I'm really excited fun. for this. Um, this is gonna be a lot of fun. We did a lot of research for this. Um, practical evidences include archaeological evidence, historical evidence. Um, quote-unquote contradictions that are in the bible are they true are they not true are they um are they actual contradictions Mm -hmm. and some scientific facts that the bible preaches about um that and that that one's i'm really excited about because often people think science and the bible are actually opposites like you can't mix the two mix the two but um but i'm really excited to talk about how actually the bible is is was a guide to science um and actually spoke of you know scientific facts before they were facts in the world yeah yeah which is really cool but archaeological evidences um what are some archaeological evidences that we have that prove the bible's existence yeah i'll steal the good one before you steal it <laughs> we probably talked about it in here but definitely the dead sea scrolls yeah which were found in the 40s i believe um, was it like 46 i think so like yeah that. anyways found in israel um in caves up um near the dead sea they found um tons of like manuscripts um of the bible before jesus's time like thousands thousands of years old the oldest copies we currently have so much so that finding whole copies of isaiah that type of thing and when they matched it up it's exactly the same as the bible we read today so for all those people before then and people still say it now because they're uneducated sadly to say but oh what you're reading has been changed so many times you know but then when we look at these manuscripts that are over two thousand years old it's the same exact thing same we read thing. today. So same thing. that's huge for people that were like, how do we know this? Maybe it was God's word back then, but now it's not God's word because it's changed. That's your evidence right there. That's amazing. I've actually been there to the, um, to see the Dead Sea Scrolls. You always point this. He, he always tries to make you feel bad. That <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to yeah. see these scrolls wrapped around, you know, it's wrapped around this beautiful museum. And it's just really cool how all of that came about. Some people think that John the Baptist actually had something to do with the people yeah. that, that were there um, writing these scrolls, um, copying them down. So that's a big one. I think um, there's a lot of things that people in history have said, oh, that's not even real. And the Bible talks about that. How can that be true? And I've made fun of Christians for believing this. And over time we see evidences popping up, you know, and one of those is, um, the Pontius Pilate, um, stone tablet, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows the story. Pilate was the, was, was the, um, ruler over Judea when Jesus was crucified. He's the one who ultimately made the decision to crucify Jesus. And, um, and the, the thing was that nobody had any record of Pilate, you know? Yeah. So everyone's like, you got this dude who's playing this huge role in Jesus's crucifixion. And we don't even have any you, record. You guys made him up. Yeah. yeah, you made him up. Well, in 1961 in Caesarea, um, I've actually seen this stone also, which is beautiful. Um, they found a stone with Pontius Pilate. It says prefect of Judah. So mm-hmm. literally lays out who he was what he was doing, you know, he was the ruler and where he was at in Judea, exactly the place where 
where Jesus was. And this was a big thing for, for us as Christians. Like we have these stories, quote unquote stories. And a lot of times people think they're just stories, but now we're seeing that it's actually historical evidence. The Bible told about a person before archaeology did actually found it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. And it's really cool. That's one of the big evidences that we, that we have found recently. Yeah. And we could go for hours just on this part because there's so many, um, so many. Anything that's in the Bible that's been found at some point, they were saying wasn't real. Like yep. um, cities, the city of Nineveh, the city yep. of Jericho. Um, the Bible talks about these giant walled cities that, you know, they would have chariot races on the top of the walls because yep. that's how wide the walls were. Um, not till the early 1900s did they find these cities. But before then, 1800s, 1700s, whatever, they're like, you made up this city to make it seem like, oh, Israel's so cool. They conquered this giant yeah. city that, yeah, like, yeah. is out of, you know, like a movie. <laughs> um, but it was actually found, and they found exactly the the walls, all that stuff. So um, crazy. They didn't believe the Amalekites, the Philistines were real until they found them in the early 1900s as well. Yeah, the Hittites, that, all of those yeah, people. Yep. You just made, they thought you just made these people up, you know, because yep. Israel had to fight somebody. But, but they found them, which mm -hmm. is crazy. The Hittite one was really cool. I was doing a little bit of study on that. They found, like, nobody thought that the Hittites were real. And then I think in Turkey they found, um, they found, you know, hundreds of tablets that talked about the history of the Hittite nation. Yeah. And they found the capital of the Hittite nation. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Another big one for me personally is my, probably my favorite place in Jerusalem that I've been to. I, have you been to Hezekiah's Tunnel? Yeah, I was actually going to mention that right now. Too, oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. Well, I'm going to talk it's about it. He's stealing it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hezekiah's Tunnel is probably one of my favorite places to go. So it's this big tunnel yeah. um, that connects to a pool and um, it's a tunnel with water in it. You get to walk it. It's a lot of fun. But um, the history of that is that Hezekiah dug that tunnel to get water outside of the walls into the walls while he was being sieged, while Jerusalem was being sieged by um, Assyria. And what what an amazing thing, right? Well, the mm -hmm. thing was that that was written in the Bible, and everyone was like, well, if a king had dug a hole, a, a tunnel in the ground, you think we would have found it. Yeah. Well, they did find it, and you can actually walk it today. And um, I think I think going to Israel is probably one of the most important things somebody can do. Not just because like it's a really cool place to go, but because you see all of these these things and you can touch them and feel them. And I'm walking in a wall that thousands of years ago, some dude was chiseling out, you know, just to get water from one place to another. But be, the Bible says that before anybody found it. So that's really that was a really big one for me, too. Yeah. And. People that do this stuff, a lot of times they use the Bible as a map, you know, yeah. to find this stuff. The dude who found that did. He just he followed said it. with the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's he, crazy. There's like a there's a interview with him and he said, I was just using the Bible as a map and and found this tunnel. The person I I forget his name, but he's he's been leading a study to try to find um like the mountain that got that Moses got the Ten Commandments from mm -hmm. and just trying to find the um path that they took from out of Egypt to there. And that stuff to try to see where exactly they may have crossed the Red Sea and all this stuff. Well, he used the Bible as a map and found spots, found spots that like matched up exactly, even yeah. to the point where, the point where he believes the they the Red Sea was split is literally like a like a plateau that's like a kind of risen from where the rest oh of the ocean gosh, is. So, cool. so where it's not like oh there has to be you know two hundred feet of water that came up, but maybe only like twenty feet of water because you could pretty much walk it and it's like chest high. That's crazy. So just like crazy stuff like that that the Bible is 
it's it's an amazing book, but it's like the best history book as well. It is, so. yeah. We again, we can go on for hours yeah. about this. Let's move on a little bit. Um, let let's talk about contradictions because people try to. Uh, I heard a story about somebody who who brought um, you know a list of contradictions to to this this professor and was like, these are all contradiction contradictions of the scriptures, and people have lists, you know. But the thing is, none of them are actually accurate. You know, a lot of them are translation differences or stuff like that. But but when someone comes to you with a contradiction, uh, what do you tell them? What's the first thing you tell them? Um, if they're a Christian, if they actually read the Bible, you know, like you said, I feel like yeah. a lot of people don't actually read the Bible, you know. Yeah. Or reading both sides of it, for sure, I think is really big. Like I said earlier, a lot of people they read one side of it or they just take everything as like hundred percent truth, but then they don't read the other side. Yeah. So, and I think like you said, translations, a lot of times it gets lost in translation um, from Hebrew to English and you yeah. have to go back to that original language to really understand. Yeah. I think that laziness produces false contradictions mm. and I don't think there's ever been a single legitimate contradiction ever found. And you can test me on that. You can do your study. You can uh, read the Bible. Yeah. Um, and if you're not saved, I encourage you to read the Bible and try to find one because I think you'll get saved while you try to find a contradiction because there's been many stories like that. Um, but I think laziness produces sometimes um, what false contradictions because, they, like you said, they don't read all the way through. They may read a sentence and they'll be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And that sentence doesn't make sense. But then if you read the context, you're like, oh, wait, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, a big one, I think, is... Um representing the Jewish law um, that they, the things they had to follow in Leviticus, like don't eat pork, don't eat shellfish, that type of thing. And then looking and saying, well, why don't Christians yeah. not eat pork and all that stuff? And that's a separate podcast. But when you really look into it, there's certain things that God set up for the Jews yep. and certain things he set up for all mankind, yep. you know? And that's what we learn when um, Peter and Paul are dealing with this in acts of you don't have to become Jewish and then become saved, become Christian, yep. you know? Like, that is not what God called us to do. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Um, it, I I think that, um, like we said, you know, translations produce misunderstandings sometimes and not reading all the way through. Um, but also, like, if you really feel like you have a contradiction, if you have a question, um, it's great to bring it to, like, a pastor or to one of your leaders and stuff like that, and they can answer the question for you. I, I love answering those questions because yeah. I, I have never found a contradiction. Um, but also you can do the study for yourself. You know, you can be like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to find the answer. Um, and if, and if you want to find the answer, you will, you know, I think that's a big thing. Some people don't want to find the answers, but some people do. And if you want to find the answers, you can totally find it. There are no legitimate contradictions in the Bible, theological contradictions, which is incredible. That's 66 books written by 40 different people over 1600 years. None of the theological principles contradict each other. Yeah. Could That's you imagine cool. that? Like, let's say you're going to write a book, but it's from someone from like the year 500, you know, and you yeah. guys have to have the same mindset. Like, yeah, it's, you it's probably can't even have a conversation with someone from back. Then, nope. You know, it's yeah. like, what are you going to talk about basketball with them? I you know. know. <laughs> even if you and I wrote a book together, we would have completely different, like we could, you know, yeah. and we spend every waking moment. Together, yeah. I know. So. We love each other. <laughs> Scientific facts. The last part of the practical evidence is I'm really excited for this one because I found some cool stuff that yeah. the Bible talks about. And one of those things that I really want to quickly point out, um, everybody knows that we are in quarantine or we were in quarantine, you know, and quarantine is a big deal right now um, because um, because of everything that's going on with mm. COVID-19 and all of that. Um, whenever somebody gets sick, they get put in quarantine, right? Um, well, 
funny enough, um, you know, not too long ago in like 1800s and 1700s, uh, people didn't think that quarantine, didn't even realize that quarantine was needed. So they would keep sick people around healthy people. The doctors, uh, you know, the the medical brains at that time didn't think that quarantine was necessary. Yeah. And they would actually just let people hang out with each other, even if they were sick. And because of that, diseases were crazy in Europe and those big cities and stuff like that. Well, funny enough, in Leviticus 13, 40, 46, uh, God, when he's giving laws to the people, he says that if someone is sick, separate them from the camp. Talking about quarantine. Yeah. So you have this medical idea of quarantining someone who's sick coming from the Bible bef- thousands of years before anybody ever thought that that would be a good idea for the world. So you have, you know, the, th- the thing about science is science changes every 10 years. And, yeah. and, and people are, are constantly changing science. What I learned in science is not going to be the same thing in 10 years. That's just the reality. Yeah. But um, it's crazy to see that the Bible, when, when you read the law, and you especially Leviticus, I found a lot in Leviticus, sure. um, of how God is, is giving these laws to, pe- to his people because he knows what's best for them before even the medical world ever knew thousands of years before the medical world ever knew that quarantine was good god was saying when someone is sick separate them from the camp (laughs) i think the crazy thing with leviticus is this is when the israelites just left um egypt and all this stuff and who's their leader it's moses moses is leading them well where did moses come from he was trained he studied for 40 years he was like a commander all that stuff in egypt well if you look at egypt's practices back then um and you could look this stuff up they believed if you had a cut, what's the best way to heal it? You, They would take, like, cow manure and put it on the cut, <laughs> that type of stuff. All this crazy stuff, like, what do you do if I have an upset stomach? Um, they would, like, grind up dung beetles and drink it. They believed that helped an upset stomach. What the heck? All this stuff. So if Moses is just trying to lead these people by himself, he's going to take what at the time was the smartest people yeah. on the earth, which is Egypt. But instead, he does things like that. Or he tells them they need to pure themselves, purify themselves with the running water, not yeah. still water, which we know still water, that's how you grow bacteria and yep. that type of stuff. So just all these crazy things that were thousands of years before it's time. It's so crazy. Another one is that, you know, in the 1900s, doctors, when they, um, when someone was sick, they thought that there were dangerous vapors in their blood. Mm-hmm. So they would stick leeches on the body and try to bleed the vapors yes, out. Yeah. And they would cut veins on people. In fact, our first president, George Washington, yeah, yeah. he was had a cold or a flu or something like that, and the doctor bled him to death because they were trying to get the vapors out. Now, we look at that today, and we're like, what is wrong with you? It's but crazy. It, but they really thought that that blood was, was dangerous, and he actually had to take it out of the body. But in Leviticus, again, 1711, it says, for the life of the flesh is the blood. God is literally saying you can't take blood out of somebody. That is the life of the flesh. Yeah, that's kind of important. <laughs> but isn't that insane that yeah. that the Bible is talking about these these scientific facts before in the 1900s is not that long ago. Like that may sound like a long time ago, but it's really not that long ago when people thought that blood was not the life of the flesh. Yeah. I think that was that was insane. Just going into science stuff too. If you guys haven't read Job, um, most of you guys know the story of Job. But the middle of Job, Job starts saying we, like crazy stuff. Like, what? How is he supposed to know that? He talks about the the round the um the Earth being round, um, called yeah. a sphere. He says it hangs on nothing. Um, but in this time, even the Greeks, I believe, they 
believe Atlas held up the Earth, or <laughs> um, I mean, some yeah. people still believe the Earth is yeah, flat. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people thought that it was what was it on the the back of a turtle held up by elephants yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, India believes I believe it's like an elephant. Um, Native Americans believe it's a turtle. All that stuff. Crazy. And this is like recent stuff that we just found out, you know, through science and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I would strongly encourage you to read Job. I don't remember exactly now. He talks about constellations. It talks about the belts of Orion. All these things that it's like, how yeah. does he know that? Like he didn't yeah. have a telescope, but he's no. talking about constellations being next to each other that he shouldn't even be able to see. Absolutely know? insane. I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, you know, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that um, that people um, have a hard time putting science and the Bible together. Yet, yeah, the Bible has more scientific facts than our, than than we have come up with in thousands of years, which is which is yeah. insane. The last thing we want to talk about is self-evidence. And we want to do something special. We want to do a new segment on the show called Sean's Corner when Sean gets really nerdy and starts spitting some flames. Okay. Um, If you, um, this is, this is the time where you want to get your notebook out. You want to write down Sean's Sean's super nerdy, um, nerdy, um, don't believe no anything house. I say. Check everything I say in Nerd's Corner because it's always going to be weird. But <laughs> so yes. this is Sean's Nerd Corner. Yeah. Woo. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. Okay. Okay. Sean's Nerd Corner. What do you got for us? So first of all, with anything I do on this, like, please look it up. Please study this thing. Um, Same here. There's a book called The Bible Code. I would strongly encourage you to read this. Don't take my word for it. And don't Google what I'm about to say because there's a lot of weird stuff on this. But um, It's never good if you start out with don't Google this. No, do not Google this. Yeah, look at biblical um, teachers for this stuff for sure. Awesome. But um, in very, very early during biblical times, a lot of um, rabbis would say that there's like hidden messages in the Bible. They call equal equal letter distance, like skipping. Okay. Which... A lot of people do weird stuff by saying like, oh, it says JFK is going to die in the Bible, all this stuff, which is super, no, super weird. Don't go for that stuff. But there are some (laughs) interesting things that make it seem like what the Bible is, is it's written from the Holy Spirit. It's not written from us. And there's no way Moses put this in there. There's no way that Moses was like, I'm going to do this because this is going to be cool. There's weird things like in Isaiah 53, which is a very messianic chapter. um, If you skip every seven letters, also, don't do this in your Bible. This is in the original yeah. Hebrew Bible. Yep. This can't be done in an English Bible, so don't go home and try to do this yeah. unless you have an original Bible, which and you can speak if Hebrew. you do, you should try to sell it to me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, it has the names of every single apostle in Isaiah 53, excluding Judas. But it has Bartholomew. Is it Bartholomew was the one yeah. who took Judas? It has his name. Or Matthias. Matthias, there we go. Yeah, Bartholomew yeah. was already, yeah. yeah was Anyways, um, Psalm 22 um, a very messianic psalm has literally everything that happened in in the like the crucifixion scene, like backwards, seven letter distance in it. Um, looking at the Torah, the first two books, Genesis and Exodus, it says Torah, Torah um, going forwards in both. In the fourth and fifth book, fourth and fifth book, it has Torah going backwards, and then in the third book, it has Yodavahe, the unspeakable name of God. So it's pretty, oh it's God. literally the Torah points to, towards Yodavahe. Now that's like super weird, but if the, the chances of that happening by accident are very, very slim yeah. and there's no way that Moses just did that like on purpose. on purpose. So this stuff, rabbis have been saying this forever. Um, with the invention of computers and all that stuff, we were able to pretty much plug the Bible into the computer and find like tons of stuff. And there's a lot on this. A lot of it's kind of like funky. So that's why I really look into that. But the person who... F- 
who looked into this with computers was one of the biggest atheists and one of those biggest professors. I think he was, he was at Yale or something like that. And he heard these things from the rabbis and he's like, well, we have computers and I'm going to prove these people wrong. Um, and he did it and he became a believer oh and he started gosh. teaching it in colleges. And I think this happened in the nineties. Even today he teaches it in colleges. Um, and he became a believer just from this stuff. So what the heck? Yeah, Thank so you for that. Oh my crazy, gosh. Crazy I didn't even know that. That was so cool. Um, oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a fun study to look into for sure. So I definitely strongly encourage. I think what's gonna be fun is Sean's nerd corner. Gosh, I the pressure. I'll, that was I'll already <laughs> amazing. You got you have a lot to live up to after that one. I know. I should have saved that to like that was 10. good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's the self evidence right there of the Bible being the inspired word of God. A big in, um, self-evidence of, of the Bible being inspired, and we, we want to hit this pretty quickly, but um, is the prophecies in the Bible, and you've heard us talk yes. about this before. Uh, I'm just going to go through one on my own, and maybe you can go through one, whatever um, whatever comes to your mind. Um, in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Um, and everybody knows this verse. Pretty crazy. Um that somebody had the guts, you know, if he wasn't working in the Holy Spirit, Isaiah wasn't working in the Holy Spirit, let's just say he was a normal dude writing, yeah. uh, it'd be pretty crazy for someone to say a virgin is going to conceive of a baby and this is what's going to be his name. That's mm. that's insane. But in Matthew 1, 22 through 23, so it was all done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Uh, that's big right there. Through the Lord through by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear us a son, shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Um, and it's just so crazy that hundreds of years before we have the Holy Spirit inspiring uh, Isaiah to write about a virgin being, ha- you know, having a baby born of her. How is that even possible? Nobody yeah. knows, only by the Holy Spirit. That's, that's only the way it's possible. And then also, uh, if you want to get deep into the birth of Christ, it's, you know, in Micah 5, 2, it talks about Bethlehem being the place where he's going to be born. And uh, then we see him born in Bethlehem. So, yeah. you know, it's crazy that that's, that prophecies, you know, talked about where he was going to be born, how he was going to be born, what his name was going to be. You know, it, it so narrowed it down perfectly to Jesus in that time when, when Jesus was born. Yeah, and... It's, it's hundred, it's at least over a hundred for sure. Just prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill yeah. to be the, um, the Messiah. And there's ones he couldn't control like that one. Um, like his bones not being broken when he was killed, all that stuff being oh. pierced on his side. These are things that were prophesied like way before Jesus showed up and things he couldn't yep. control by himself. Yep. And he, f- it was all fulfilled. So that shows that he was the Messiah for sure. For sure. And it, and it proves the Bible is mm-hmm. accurate because there's no possible way for someone to prophesy, you know, thousands of years before something and then it be 100% true. If you want to look into more prophecies, I would encourage you to read the book of Matthew because yeah. Matthew is writing to the Jews and he's trying to show the Jews that the Old Testament sh- is speaking of Jesus. And um, uh, you see a lot is um, and. Like it, like it says in chapter one, uh, so it was all done that it might be fulfilled. You see that that phrase a lot, yes. and that's a really good book to read for more prophecies. But there's a lot of prophecies that we can go into. You know, um, even Psalms 41, 9, talking about Judas portraying, betraying Jesus, you know, that he would eat of the bread and then he would lift his heel against 
against Jesus. And then in John 13, literally Jesus quotes that same scripture as he's dipping the bread um, with Judas and Judas is about so to go, good. you know, and it's really crazy. Uh, but just to end all of this, it's been a great podcast. What does the Bible mean to us and why should we read it? You know, the Bible is close to you and I. We um, value the Bible more than anything. We go to it every day, every morning. It's what we do. It's why, you know, why we're here. Um, we're Christians because of the scriptures. I think you and I can both agree on that. Um, but why is it so important to us? And, and if we're going to speak to somebody that's listening or watching wherever you're at, why should they read the Bible? I think for me, and there's a lot of reasons. Um, I think what Pontius Pilate said when he said, when, what is truth, you know? Yeah. I think that's so big. And I think that's a question we're asking ourselves now, maybe more than ever. Um, we're such a culture based on feeling. And um, if you watch the news at all or know what's going on in the world, it's so hard to figure out what is truth, what's actually happening in the world, what's actually the right thing if it comes to science, politics, religion, whatever it is. But we have this book here that I believe, and I believe with evidence that is 100% truth. Yeah. And everything in there is truth. So just to be able to start my day knowing that I'm going to hear a lot of lies throughout the day. Mm-hmm. My own mind's going to lie to me all the time, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But this is 100% truth, and this could lead me throughout my day. This could correct me. And just to be able to focus on something that's true, I think it's just so important and something we miss today. Yeah, I agree. I think the truth is, is um, we we're we going to talk about postmodernism on a podcast mm-hmm. here. and Truth is something we desperately need in our culture, and it's, des- yeah. des- des- it's something desperate we uh, it's something we desperately need in our Christian culture right now. We need yeah. truth, and um, the only way to find truth is in the Scripture. You know, there's a lot going on right now. There's elections coming up, and I know a lot of high schools don't even care because you can't you can't you know vote. Um, but there's more than that. You know, there's COVID nineteen. Is it real? Is it not real? There's you know there's there's so many questions, and people are so many. Everybody's looking for truth. It's important for us to find truth in the scriptures because that's it. And I would also say that um, this is how you know God. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a Christian, your entire purpose in life is to know God a little bit more every day. And this is how you do it. You get to know God by reading the Bible. I would also say that it's how you walk a right, uh, walk in a righteous life. You know, there's no possible to, possible way to walk in a life that God has for us without reading the Bible. I don't think it's possible. I really don't. You know, you have to be reading the Bible and uh, what, what I'm afraid of is that, you know, just because we hate reading or just because, you know, we live in a, you know, a world where reading is something of old times that we stop yeah. reading the Bible. I really want to encourage everybody that's listening. Open your Bible today. Even if it's just a chapter, I read a book that was saying you can just read for seven minutes and those seven minutes will, will give you a taste of the glory of God. And that's yeah. what you need. You know, you just need a taste of the glory of God. So I encourage everybody, open your Bible today, open it tomorrow, open it the next day. If you miss a day, that's okay. D- read it the next day. You know what I mean? Just keep reading the Bible. I promise the same examples that you and I have in our life of, of God speaking to us are going to happen in your life. So that's really important. Yeah, 100% I can say it better. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. We a little bit, went a little bit long today, but I felt like it was an important po- um, important podcast to do. Yeah. Make sure you join us next time um, and um, always be looking for our episodes every Wednesday. All right? Awesome. Peace. See you, everybody.